We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle were beaten by Borussia Dortmund at home by one goal to nil. It's in James Park. I'm Alex. I have Norman, Yusuf and Charlotte to react to the result and talk about what happened and why with you today. Where on Patreon, it's three to eight pounds a month. We'll reflect on this defeat and also build up to Wolves and then Manchester United next week on that. So come and join us on that platform if you like what we do. Norman, it wasn't PSG, was it? Thoughts? A little not demoralised, but a little bit down, I suppose, because obviously I wasn't at PSG. I heard so many good things about it, watched it on TV, spectacular performance. To a certain extent, I think I probably arrived at the at the stadium with expectations that were maybe a little bit out of sync with the reality based on that PSG performance. I genuinely had a feeling that we would steamroll at Dortmund, and it turns out that actually Dortmund are a very good team. There's a reason they've been in the Champions League for many, many seasons, that they're usually second to Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga, an experienced, hard outfit. I thought they were very physical and they, I would say on reflection, probably deserved to win. And I think that's the most disappointing thing for us is that actually they, they were just on the night a better team. Obviously going to get into the ins and outs of, the, ins and outs of that. But uh, yeah, r- right now just feeling a bit down. But, but, but again, that that group isn't called the group of death for, uh, for nothing. Mm. We are still on four points. Would have taken that after my first three games before the Champions League kicked off against the team, the quality teams that were playing, of course I would have done. We're still in with a great chance of going through. So yes, I'm down, but at the same time, realistic and still firmly of the belief that we will qualify from that group. I think I think the thing that stuck out for me a little bit was the um, atmosphere. I didn't know there was a tension. It was, uh, for those not there, I'm sure you've seen on the telly um, or heard by now that it was like horrible rain, really blustery, so the rain was going everywhere didn't stop the entire game had been going all afternoon and I don't know if that sort of like literally dampens people's spirits a little bit people aren't out in the streets drinking the whole like PSG came and and there was this whole ridiculous parade from monument to the ground and I definitely think that the, the, the Dortmund fans sort of got ushered up that way but it wasn't it wasn't as raucous and it wasn't as raucous from the beginning from our uh, fans either I don't think and I, I don't know Alex and I were talking about it and I don't know if there's like a it almost felt like cup finally there was something about it that was just slightly like off in the crowd and I don't know if that was complacency we'll beat these it's no problem it's not going to be an issue at all and then they came out of like guns blazing kind of thing and, and we thought oh okay this is actually going to be harder than than originally thought but 
I think that's the thing that stuck out to me the most today, tonight. Like, it was still class. The flag display was really impressive. It looks amazing um, in pictures and it looked amazing in the stadium and, and can't take away from that. And there were, of course, like the pockets of the stadium that sing. But I think there was a tension in the air tonight and I think the players could feel that too. There was a, I don't know if it was like a snaking its own tail kind of situation where there was tension from the players. We got some inju- picked up some injuries early on. There's tension in the crowd. It just didn't click for me tonight. Thoughts, Yusuf? Yeah, I, I, I think my thoughts are largely aligned with those of Norman. I mean, I think Dortmund are a very, very good team. Um, look, we had two lucky... Well, sorry, not lucky. We were unlucky towards the end of the game to hit the woodwork twice. I think if we'd got an equaliser there, a 1-1 draw against that side with that European pedigree would have been a fantastic result on the night and in general. Um, and I don't think anyone could have begrudged us that point if we'd got it. Um, the great thing now with Newcastle being as good a side as we are is I think we do belong in this company. There will be occasions like tonight where we slightly fall short, but I don't think it leads now to sort of a soul-searching or a second-guessing of how good a side we are. I think we are a very, very good side. I think we've shown that on multiple occasions this season. I think we'll bounce back in the right way at Molyneux on Saturday and against Man United in the week. And we're a very, very good side. Tonight, there was just a slightly better side on show and it was Borussia Dortmund and... The reality is, after three games in the group, we're on four points. We'll, I think we're technically third because of um, it's not goal difference, it's games against. But yeah. we'll level on points with second. We're in, a fighting, in with a fighting chance of qualifying for the, for the knockout stages. And to be quite honest with you, although I wouldn't have taken that at, at kickoff uh, a few weeks ago, I would absolutely have taken that. So um, I'm disappointed, but I'm not sort of in agony, if you know what I mean. I do. I do know what you mean, and I, and I agree with you. I think that fans probably expected more, but that's because we're fans, and that's okay. Uh, we can overestimate or underestimate whoever we want. We don't pick the team, set, set the tactics, or, or motivate the players. I don't think Eddie Howe and Newcastle United will have underestimated Dortmund whatsoever. Howe mentioned pre-game that he'd been preparing for this fixture with his team since the PSG game. Uh, there was a lot out there, particularly in the first half. That that my disappointment, I suppose, is not essentially linked to the result. Of that sounds ridiculous. It's that I expected us to really test Dortmund in terms of our press and the, like the atmosphere and all the things you referenced, Sean. And it just didn't really happen. Now there are lots of reasons for that. One of which will be Dortmund playing really well, particularly in the first half, and. That's okay. Sometimes the opposition is allowed to play well and you just have to accept that. Newcastle improved in the second half and I agree with you, Yusuf. I thought a draw would probably probably have been a fair result, but ultimately if you go away from home in the Champions League and win, that's absolutely massive. It hardly ever happens, um, particularly away away from home to top sides and we are a top side. So you can't... I don't begrudge Dortmund the three points because they've come here and got a, got a win to get their Champions League campaign but uh, back on track. But I just feel it, it wasn't quite us, particularly in the first half. And I'm not quite sure why that was, uh, leaving aside Dortmund's excellence in the first half. You know, I, I was looking forward to, you know, Fabian Scher, for example, pressing really high um, in the midfield and was really forcing them backwards. And it just it just didn't quite happen. I don't know, Charlotte, you, me and you talked about this through the game. It, it, I don't know whether it was because there was a bit of expectation on us. I don't know whether it's because Dortmund were kicking it long. I don't know whether it's because Jamal Lasalle is in the team, even though... We, he was against PSG, and I think it was there against PSG, and mm-hmm. um, we still pressed really high in that game. We just—I don't know—it just didn't seem like us in the first half. It seemed like a kind of version of us that 
it's, you know, getting beat, particularly in the Champions League, like no one says, it's fine. It's going to happen. It will happen next season, happen the season after if we're still in the competition. We're going to play some very, very good sides at home and away. I just don't know. At just first half in particular, it just didn't, I don't know, something was off. I don't know. What did you think, Charlotte? We talked about it during the game. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. I think, um, I think being hit by injury within the first 15 minutes, Alexander Isak, you know, went down clutching his groin. I think he was he had a groin injury after West Ham is it West Ham game, um, so it's probably not quite he's not quite fit enough and and he's tweaked it or whatever. Hopefully that's not a long term injury, but I, I know that you can bring on Callum Wilson, but they're not a like for like player, and I think that sort of changed how we approach the game. And of course we we're drilled for it, but but this Dortmund are a very no one you said it Dortmund are a very fit they're a very athletic side in a way that PSG didn't come to... PSG gave us a lot of space, gave us a lot of space to press them, um, were very deferential to us. Dortmund didn't give us any of that tonight. And the moment you lose Isak and bring on Wilson, it is a very different kind of player. Um, Isak, I think, would have would have supported the midfield in a way that Callum Wilson can't necessarily or, or doesn't tend to. So um, I, I feel like maybe that's one of the reasons. Then there's like... I don't know if you can blame the weather. Players should be okay to play in any kind of weather, but it just it wasn't the night. I agree. I think the losing Isak early on was really detrimental to to what we planned, how we planned to approach that game. I mean, in terms of the pressing, the reality is um, Dortmund, I suppose, they were the template for the pressing game originally with Gagan pressing, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is a game that they understand, they know, and they've, they've been playing it for a, for a long time. Obviously, I know that on the opposition view, you spoke to a Dortmund fan who said they kind of changed their style towards the end of last season and they have this season because they're so paranoid about collapsing again as they did last. But I thought actually how they transitioned from soaking up a little bit of pressure almost to all of a sudden having like five or six players on the edge of our box was mm. was absolutely phenomenal and the goal itself that they scored we had the warning signs right with that early chance they had that double sort of chance the ridiculously good save by Nick Pope by the way mm-hmm. that was a warning sign you, you, we're on the attack and all of a sudden bam they've got six players on the edge of our box and they had a man that seemed like they had a man spare mm-hmm. um, I thought they were excellent what I will say though is again on reflection before they scored yes he had the Nick Pope double save but Isak, I think he picked up that injury when he when the ball was played through to him. Normally, he'd be galloping away towards the goal. But with the conditions as they were, it, it seemed like he, he sort of couldn't control it. Mm. And maybe he tweaked his groin at that point. That was, that was a good chance. And obviously, Gordon had a good chance in the first half as well. So, you know, you're looking at it like this. We could have taken that lead. If we'd taken that lead, that atmosphere would have cranked right up, I think. I think, mm-hmm. actually, against PSG... The atmosphere, it seemed to it seemed to be as soon as you got the same, the atmosphere was to get with a goal. Against Dortmund, it almost felt like the atmosphere is not going to kick off until we get a goal. So yeah. that maybe was a little bit to do with expectations. But again, not trying to, to be too downhearted because if we won that game 1-0, I still think he could have turned around and said, ah, that was a fair result. It was a fair result that they won 1-0. It would have been a fair result. We won 1-0. And I think it was a fair result. That would have been a fair result. It would have been a draw as well. It actually, yeah. yes, as good as they were, it was still a fairly balanced game. It could have gone either way. I felt that um, we did still try to force the issue as well. Like, we did still try to play our pressing game. What I would say is Dortmund were able to deal with it in a way that I think a lot of English sides can't. It's not how English sides tend to set up. They tend to be on the front foot, tend to be a little bit little bit less comfortable in possession, a little bit more overwhelmed by the press when we when we deliver it, particularly at home. Dortmund just absolutely soaked that up. And like, like Norman said, the change of pace in the final third, mm. they were able to soak it up, put their foot on the ball very, very careful in possession, very, very rarely gave it away carelessly. And when they did break, when they did get into our half, the change of pace was rapid, rapid, rapid. 
and we couldn't really deal with it. Um, their goal wasn't the only chance that they had either in the first half or the second. You know, we could easily have scored, we could easily have equalised, but Dortmund had other chances as well. And I think if I was to look for positives to take away from tonight, it was that we still did try to play our game. We did still try to force the issue rather than just reacting to what we thought Dortmund would do. The reality was they just had an answer to everything we could offer. And by the end, even when we were creating our chances that came off the woodwork, it, it was a little bit of huff and puff from us, to be honest. One more thing I just want to add. You know what they did as well? They out-nastied us, and that's a rare mm. thing. I thought that they were really good at getting those nasty little sort of sly fouls in. They played the ref. There was a few occasions where the ref, I thought, mate, what are you doing? You're missing something. Yeah, they were very good at it. They're an experienced side. And you could even argue that their goal... That the score, there was a foul on Gordon as far as yeah, it, yeah, where, from where I was stood, it looked like it was a foul on Gordon, but they got away with it. And we, you know, under how I think we've mentioned on, on loads of occasions uh, in the past, at least, that we can be, be quite nasty. And they were better than that of us today. I thought they played the referee better. And that ultimately is is it's down to that experience that they've got over us. We're, we're still kind of learning. They've had years and years and years of learning at this, this particular level. We're going to leave part one of the show there. Um, Got a couple of adverts coming up. If you don't want to listen to the adverts in this podcast, join us on Patreon. The tier per month is only £3 for all of these adverts, podcast free. And we will be back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Part two of the show, I will kick off with just a little bit more analysis about the game and the chances that you've referenced. One of the things that I thought, I will, well, I think that the weather did have an impact on was the ability to kind of wait passes into the final third because both teams in that game had numerous opportunities to play strong counter or create strong strong counter-attacking chances in the amount of times the final ball was too heavy, mm. not heavy enough. Um, hit someone and, and I suppose looking at the Dortmund goal that was a real piece of quality one of the things which I thought Dortmund got right was was the ability to be able to get men ahead of the ball in possession um, and then and then very quickly get everyone behind the ball and if you look at Dortmund in the first half quite a lot Dortmund actually I felt actually executed the PSG plan the, the plan that PSG came which was to get four players across our back line four forwards to push our back line back and to create this gap between the back and the front. Dortmund did it. But you know what you know what Dortmund did? They did it in spells. They did it in moments when it worked. And there were a lot of times when Newcastle, particularly in the first half, second as well, but particularly in the first half, kind of, kind of between minutes 15 and, 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 and 40, I felt, 
we didn't really have an answer to that. We didn't really know how to deal with it. And and because of the situation, and I think because of the fact that our win tonight may almost put us through effectively, would have needed one or two more points probably, but it would have been such a strong position. I just felt the game management was quite poor in the first half. And you look at the timing of that goal. When when Gordon, and, and he probably is fouled when, on the first challenge, the second challenge, is it's a good tackle by the Dortmund player, but I think he's fouled before then. Newcastle have only got three players ahead of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the ball reaches the edge of the box, Newcastle are out, outnumbered by Dortmund. That, that, like you said earlier, Norman, is probably just experience at this level. It, it's minute 45. We don't need... I mean, we haven't got that many men ahead of the ball, but we certainly don't want to be getting caught in midfield. And if you are caught in midfield, like Dortmund were quite a lot in the first half in particular, you have to be able to deal with it. And I just feel like, like you, again, like you said, Norman, it's just that little bit of Champions League experience and know-how that Dortmund had... And we didn't, and I, I just don't think Dortmund concede that type of goal in the 45th minute in that game. That, that, that is, if anything, is getting into half-time at nil-nil. And if Newcastle get in at half-nil, like you said, or one of you said, first half, the chances were fairly even. I thought Dortmund controlled the game in the first half, but in terms of chance creation, we were fairly even. I just feel like our naivety showed a little bit. And the difference, I suppose, compared to earlier in the group is we got away with it in Milan. We got mm. to half-time in Milan, and we got much, much better in the second half, but that's because it was nil-nil. And tonight we didn't give ourselves that chance. And I feel as as well as Dortmund played, we've just been a little bit naive at times. And I suppose the situation in the group dictated that, the weather dictated that, and just the lack of Champions League experience dictated that. Um, I think we have to talk about the, I suppose, the damage of tonight, and the real damage of tonight is is Jacob Murphy, um, dislocated shoulder. Possibly. Is, possibly. Uh, Isak, groin injury possibly. Elliot Anderson, how has, co- has confirmed is out for three weeks. Um, it's, ju- it's just looking like a little bit of a damaging night from that perspective. Uh, in terms of the overall situation of the group, I'll just open it up to anyone. Is there anyone here who feels after watching that tonight that going to Dortmund looks like a really big challenge? Because if we go over there and win, it's kind of, you know, it's uh, we've, we've equalised the damage that, that tonight has done. And there are three games left. We've seen all three teams play now. We, we've competed against all three teams. Is it is it a case of, you know what, it, we've had a bad one tonight, but the group is still very much wide open? I still think the group's open. I still think we've got a lot of chance here to... to we've got three more games. Um, and, uh, and, you know, one's at home. PSG... No, we're going to PSG. AC Milan have yet to come here. And that's going to be a really big game. Um... But, yeah, I I do think we've still got a chance. I think we go out there. I think that there are challenges now, right? We go out. The next one's at Dortmund away. We've got to go out there. We are potentially missing a sec. We don't know how bad that's going to be. We probably won't have Tenali because he's going to get banned. Yeah, Yeah, going to get banned tomorrow or or this week. Um, Certainly, almost almost certainly before that game. Yeah. if Murphy's dislocated his shoulder, he'll be out for a little bit. So is he going to be even in training? Is he going to be ready for that kind of game? Willock's back, and I know Norman, you were, you wanted to mention him, but and that's that. But that's like at this point, that's almost. I think Willock's an excellent player when he's in his at his best, and he was absolutely class for us um, in the sort of latter half of last season. So I'm excited that he's back. But now it's like we absolutely desperately needed him to be back, and we need him to be back at full fitness and full brilliance. Because um, of the of, of of the effect these um, injuries are going to have on us, we it it's not just Dortmund in two weeks. It's Wolves, 
Man City, Man, Man, Man United. Sorry, it's, it's late. It's late after the game, and Arsenal. Those are two. Those are three quite difficult games with now a slightly weakened squad. I'm not saying we can't do it. We've pulled loads of things out of the bag, but those are really big considerations. I still think there's a lot to play for. I think that the, I think we also tend to um, come back from games like this with with pretty um, comprehensive results. Um, so I, I think that'll be that'll play into it. But um, it is more of a challenge now. I still think it's open. I don't think it's wide open. <laughs> what I would say as well, um, Willock and others. I, th- I think I think he did well when he came on. Um, he didn't look like a player to me who'd been out for as long as he has. Um, I think Target did well when he came on. I thought Wilson, although you're right, Charlotte, he's, it's not a like for like with Isaac. I thought mm. he, I thought he did pose a threat. I think when we made when we made substitutions, they did actually have an impact. And I thought Tonali, even though he is likely to be out for a long time after tonight, I thought he actually offered something when he came on. I thought he did play quite well. So I, I was again sort of encouraged tonight by the strength that we do have in depth that we haven't had previously. And like you, um, I, I think it, it's wide open. I mean, I'm looking at the group now. It's, P- wide. it's PSG who are top with six points. I mean, if you look at the three games we've played, you'd say we have the least to fear from PSG. Dortmund, to me, seemed like the best team that we faced in terms of you know, mm. their sort of unity of purpose. They sat out with a plan. They executed that plan very well. Both AC Milan and PSG, at least to me, seemed like a group of individuals who, if you can get at them early and, you know, you can get an early goal, um, then they're, they're kind of there for the taking. And that was the case in the first two games in the group, and I think it'll be the case um, towards the back end of the group games as well. So I'm, I'm not too sort of disheartened. Um, as Charlotte says, we, we tend to respond to adversity in the best possible way. Um, and, you know, all eyes will be on Wolves on Saturday night now. Well, coming back is fantastic for me because... As Yusuf mentioned, I thought he looked really good when he came on. Obviously, he was a little a little bit rusty. A couple of passes gone astray. Uh, I think he overran the ball at one point. But what we saw was what he does best. Gets in between defenders, gets into space, controls the ball in tight space, can take players on, can move in the box. He can move in the box. He can arrive late. We saw, I saw it in 10 minutes. I thought, yes, yes, Joe Willock's back. It, it, he's huge. What I, The other injuries are really, yeah, they're really disheartening, right? If he sacks out for a, a long time, that'll be a massive loss, in my opinion. I thought Wilson did what Wilson does when he comes on. Ultimately, you know, he had, he, he forced a great save from the keeper. He probably should have scored. Um, he hit the ball with a fantastic header, I thought. You know, he, he's a goal scorer, but obviously the team dynamic is different with Isak and, and Wilson in there. I, I think tonight, and I don't know what Botman's injury situation is, but that game tonight, to a certain extent on reflection, screamed out for Botman. I think it's the first time we've missed him since he's been injured in the centre. Mm. Lascelles and Shea have been good. I don't think Lascelles and Shea did anything wrong tonight necessarily. In fact, I thought Shea was very, very good. Um, but... Botman's ability to put his foot on the ball to pick a pass and to kind of control uh, the attacking movement of the opposition. I think that was that was really missed in, in that sort of overload that uh, Borussia put on the edge of our box when they were attacking. Botman and the team, I, I think that changes it ever so slightly. So yes, the injuries are huge. Someone just tell me when Sven Botman's coming back. That's all I want to know. I think he said he's still a couple of weeks out. Could- well, in, sorry, I was going to say, in terms, in terms of the group, AC Milan are, are a poor side. I think we'll beat them at home. That takes one to seven points. It's a question of getting a point away at Dortmund or PSG, and I think eight points will take you through in this group, given how the group is set up at the moment. Both those games are going to be tough. If I had to call it, I would say we've got a better chance of getting a point at PSG than we do at Dortmund. I think Dortmund away in that massive stadium is going to be very, very hard, but we can get eight points. I think we've said from the start, you could be looking at really 
the bottom team finishing on seven and the top team finishing on nine. We mm. are still in that conversation. I still think we'll get eight points. So my hopes haven't diminished despite the fact that we've lost tonight. One of the things which I thought Dortmund did much better than us all night was look after the ball when they were in possession. We were incredibly wasteful. Obviously, chasing the game second half, you have to take more chances. You have to be a little bit more direct and that increases the chance of turnovers of possession. But I think in contrast to the conversations that a lot of fans are having and we have, the work Eddie Howe has done with some of the footballers that he inherited is has been extraordinary. I think tonight you just saw a little bit of quality difference. And that's okay. You know, the, the reason that we love Miguel Almiron and the reason that we love Sean Longstaff and the reason that we love Dan Byrne and Jamal Lascelles, the reason that we've been singing their praises is because they're playing at a level that no one, and possibly the players themselves, but that might be unfair, expected that they could reach when we played Borussia Dortmund tonight in in conditions that we did, it was absolutely essential that when you got the ball, you kept it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought we were we were really wasteful. Joe Linton and Longstaff in particular, they just they just couldn't recycle possession. They just couldn't find a black and white shirt. And again, I have to say conditions played a big part, but Borussia Dortmund handled those conditions so much better than us. I think it was just a bit of a wake-up call in terms of the, the quality difference. Now, those players I've just mentioned were unbelievable against PSG, so I'm not suggesting that it's their fault that we lost or that they should be dropped. I'm just saying I noticed in midfield, even when after Emre Chan, who I thought was running the game, went off, um, I thought Dortmund just were just better technically on the ball than us, mm-hmm. and it really showed. And I think, I don't know if it was an off-air comment you made or an on-air comment, Yusuf, um, in the Premier League, it's a little bit different because you're so direct. It kind of matters less. You, you know, the the intricacies of, of, of patterns of play aren't as important because it's back to front more. Whereas tonight, often when we lost the ball in the first half, we didn't see it again for a couple of minutes. So we had more of the ball in the first half, but Borussia Dortmund's ability to put five passes together and, and, then, and then also have a counter-attack, we just weren't able to replicate that. I just don't think we've got the players for that. Um, but... As, as, as you just said, Norman, this is not catastrophe. It's not, it's like all the players off. It's just we played a good team tonight and that's okay. It's the Champions League. You're supposed to play good teams. If you don't play good teams in the Champions League, when are you going to play them? And I thought Dortmund were really, really good um, in the first half in particular. Uh, anyone anyone kind of disagree on that? That Joe Linton point in particular is getting a lot of social media, not abuse, but criticism. It definitely didn't seem to be his best game. I don't think he was great. Um, I mean, I'm not second-guessing his abilities at all because he's proven time and time and time and time and time and time again that he is a fantastic footballer. But the point you make about Dortmund is the way they played the conditions. And look, it's it's. I'm not a meteorologist, but it's only late October now. I mean, the conditions aren't going to get better between now and February. More of this, right? More crap, crap rain and weather and all the rest of it. Um, the great thing about Dortmund's play tonight was they kind of played down the flanks. And if you look at their goal... It was it. They sort of then came back inside, and they they had control of the ball when they actually made the chance. Whereas so many times tonight, you know, the ball was slight, the through ball slightly ahead of where it wanted to be, or just slightly out of play, and it was very, very, very difficult to bring it under control. They played the conditions so well, and that was available to us. And I hope we do react and respond rather than just sort of thinking, well, it was a reality check. We came up against a very good side. We did come up against a very good side, but we do belong in this company. We are going to play some other very, very good sides if we want to prosper. And, and I think there are some lessons to be learnt tonight as well as just sort of commending the opposition on their display. 
Well, I am a meteorologist. <laughs> what I will say <laughs> is that the weather is terrible right now and it will continue to be terrible. Um, however, don't quote me on that. No, um, right. I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I agree with you on Joe Linton, uh, Alex. I'll go so far as to say as I think he was probably a poorest performer. Now, that's... The, the reality is he's, he's not long back from injury. He's not long back from injury. Yeah, and I think true. you could tell that tonight, basically. And again, as you have mentioned, he's a fantastic footballer. He's a hugely important part of the squad. But him and Longstaff were, you know, they were, that their midfield dominated. It's, a, it's as simple as that. And, you know, it, it's not, it's not a, something that I'm worried about because these are two players who have been fantastic and they'll be part of a midfield three again and we'll go on to dominate games. It was just a bit of an off night. Um, and as I say, I, I just don't think Joe Linton's at full fitness. And again, I'll, I'll come back to that. They out-nastied us. One thing with Joe Linton is, even if he's not having a particularly brilliant game, he's got that, that nasty streak in him and yeah. we didn't kind of see it. So just just an unfortunate or a bad day at the offices this year. I really thought that it would be a nastier game on both sides in the first game. I returned to you after about 12 minutes and said, oh, this is going to be a spicy one because I think there was a bit of uh, shoving near the technical area. But um, but we kind of then sort of backed off them in a way. I don't know if we were like, I don't, I don't want to say that we were scared of their players, but they were definitely, <laughs> to Norman's point, nastier than uh, we were. One thing I will say is for all that we're talking about Dortmund's dominance or Dortmund's ability to collect the ball in midfield or to squeeze our midfield and keep their three so tight that, that whenever they had the ball, they kept it in possession and they kept creating chances. It was only one nil. Like it, was, it wasn't a, like an absolute like um, incredible display of a, a, like absolute goal fest, people leaving after 75 minutes because it's, it's fine. It was only one nil. They only scored one goal. We managed to keep them out. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. So I don't want us to sit here totally um, despondent. And I wish that goal difference made a difference in, in, this, in, this, uh, in this group stage because I think that would tell a different story. And I think we'd be sitting here probably a bit more chirpy. 1-0 is not a bad result. They were a very good side tonight and we kept them out. And I think what we've done is we've learned about how they play. We've played them once. Yes, going to their stadium is going to be much harder um, than them coming to us. But we've, there are, like I think Yusef just said it, lessons to be learned. And, and I trust our coaching staff to have learned those lessons and be trying to put counter lessons in play. Pretty sure that's the phrase. Counter lessons is fine. <laughs> I, think, um, <laughs> I, I agree with you again. And I said this before, if we won that game one nil, I don't think I'll be sitting here now saying we didn't deserve that. If that game had been one old draw, I wouldn't be sitting here now saying we've got a lucky point. They won one nil. They played very well. But my God, we still hit the woodwork twice at the death. And I don't think if that, if one of those chances had gone in, I would be saying, yeah, we deserved it. We deserved that. And we did have those chances in the first half before they scored. So it's a 1-0 defeat. They played very well. But we still could have won that game. And if we had, that would have been fine. It would have been, aye, we played well. We mm. we were maybe slightly better than them. We got that 1-0 win. So yeah, no, I'm definitely not disheartened. It's just, a, it's just a shame. It is just a shame. And actually, to a certain extent, it would be easier to take if we'd been battered like 3-0. Yeah, that's it. And I think the, the reaction of the crowd at full time sort of spoke volumes. It was, I wouldn't just say polite applause, but I think actually quite warm and generous applause for what most people thought was a fairly decent performance, which you often don't get uh, when there's a disappointing result. So I think that says a lot. We're going to break now for a couple more adverts back after these. Part three of the show, I want to touch on what you and well, all three of you kind of talked about there, and that's Newcastle had their chances tonight. 
Newcastle had the chances. This was a a massive game for Dortmund. I think a lot of Dortmund fans felt if they lost tonight, the chances of qualification would be almost nil. So they've come and they've won, and, and the the finish for the goal, the move was good, but the finish is a great finish to beat to beat Nick Pope from their first time finish. Beautiful. Do you think Newcastle are simply guilty of being a bit wasteful tonight? Is is that the story of the game as much as anything else? I think it's a bit of both. I I personally think it was more that Dortmund were good than that we were than that we were not. You're right to point out the quality of their goal, particularly it's a it's a with the conditions as well. It's a ball that bounces once, so there's a bit of skid on the ball, and to still make that connection and find the corner, which was the only place that he could really find, was I I think really impressive. So. Very, very good goal from uh, Met- sorry, Metcher, Silent N. Silent it's N. Silent N. Silent N, Metcher. Um, uh, so very, very good goal from them. I do think we were wasteful in possession. I don't think so much that we were wasteful when we actually got a sight of goal. We did hit the woodwork twice. I can't think of that many sort of clear-cut chances we created that we spurned or that we, you know, that we blazed wide or anything like that. Um I do think it was more that when Dortmund got into the final third, they had a little bit more cut and thrust about them than we did. They posed much more of a threat, but we know, we've seen it on enough occasions, we can on occasion pose plenty of threat ourselves. And, you know, I'm sure we will on Saturday. I'm sure we will against Man United next week, and I'm sure we will for the rest of the group stage. So I'm really, really not too down. Uh, Norman, Anthony Gordon goes through first half. Do you expect him to do better? Because he's Anthony Gordon, yes, I do expect him to do better. But ultimately, you know, we saying Gordon and his goals record, he was playing a terrible Everton team, albeit. Um, wasn't great in terms of his goals per game record. I think it was something like one in 10, maybe. That's improved as he's been at Newcastle and he's improved as a player. Obviously, he was fantastic with England in the summer. I think he got a couple of goals in the in the championships. Um, I, I did expect him. When he went through, I think I turned to Ben and I said, this is a goal. And obviously, it didn't happen. But ultimately... Yeah, he should have done better, but that doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean much because he gets a chance like that again in my next match, and I think he buries it. It's just, it's just bad luck, mate. It's just bad luck. Players miss chances. You know, Anthony Gordon isn't a centre forward. Callum Wilson is a one and two centre forward, and he missed a very good chance. Or, or, you know, yeah, it was, it was a good chance. Wilson should have buried the one that he had. So I'm not. Whilst I'm disappointed, Gordon didn't score. I kind of hold it against the lad. It's, it happens. (laughs) It's more a disappointment for him, isn't it? It's like, sorry to you, Anthony Gordon, that you didn't get that goal because you obviously probably wanted that goal. Um, It's not a like, oh, I'm disappointed in you because you failed us as a team. I think as well, like uh, Gordon got himself into a lot of positions with the ball where there just wasn't any support because Dortmund managed to hold us up in midfield so much that we couldn't get... We we just didn't have... Either we didn't have the athleticism or the ability to just get into position in time. And then and then by by which time... But by the time we did, he was crowded out by like two or three Dortmund players and he had there was nowhere for the ball to go. And they were very, very skilled at that tonight. They were very, very skilled at getting... Get, crowding any player with the ball really, but really down those flanks. And, uh, and, then, and then forcing forcing it either out of bounds or just dispossessing the player like they were just they were just very adept at that tonight so uh, it's something that Gordon will work on as part of his game I'm sure that he will come back stronger from it but yeah it's not like a you had a shit game I would love to hear Anthony Gordon's name with silent ends in it and be confusing but good fun (laughs) um the um it's a really good point you make there because I don't know if you recall but Callum Wilson there's a we break I think from a corner that they have and Wilson 
he's almost central and he, he, ma- he makes a really good run but all of a sudden he's got five five of their players right. like, it's almost like a V coming in on him it was really uh, it was really quite spectacular to watch but yeah a question I'll put to you after they scored their goal did they create any more clear cut chances in that second half because we did obviously towards the end of the game and you could argue there was a bit of sort of scrambling around those chances right it was like you know throw, let's throw everything at them now because we're, mm. we're getting close to the final whistle Nick Pope's up for the corners but actually on reflection did they create any clear-cut chances in the second half I cannot recall obviously I mean the Gallagher at the end they're attacking the Lisa sometimes you kind of see certain things how close they might have got but it didn't seem to me that they did Alex you may correct me on that no I, I think they were wasteful second half as well they, they had some really good counter-attacking opportunities we also defended them very well yeah. Trippier again a lot of stuff came down our right and he, he marshaled it really really well uh, Jamal LaSalle's had a, had a good game in that respect as well kind of closing down all the counter-attacks not over committing not going to ground early and Dortmund had all of these. That we were just behind the dugouts today. Charlotte and I, and Dortmund's manager, was not a happy man in that second half. I'm yeah. sure he's buzzing with the win, a massive win. But I, I kind of felt like he felt that they had lots of opportunities to extend the lead and didn't. I do agree with you on the kind of, you know, Newcastle hit the underside of the bar, which is unlucky, but it is a shot that takes a huge deflection, and there would have been an element of fortune about the goal. I think Callum Wilson's the one tonight who who will have a few regrets. I think he has to score. At this level, he has to score his chance. Um, he hits the bar with a, a header, and that's really, really unfortunate and lucky. But this is this is top-level elite Champions League football. Dortmund get one... Well, they get a, actually, Dortmund have a couple of huge chances, and Nick Pope makes a fantastic double save in the first half mm-hmm. and deserves a little credit for it. Mm-hmm. They take their chance when it matters most on 45. We weren't able to take our chances, particularly in the second half. It's just football at this level is, is d- decided on margins such as that and as like you all say there's no reason to be despondent I think we can go to Dortmund and win I think it'll be really hard but a back is to do it I s- stood in the away end at Milan and watched Milan have like 21 shots to our <laughs> one in the first half and it was all right we've got a point so why can't we go to Dortmund be a little bit better at certain things um and and, and possibly win the game I want to talk about that briefly actually I feel like because that was a must win for Dortmund tonight I felt like we didn't manage the game from their perspective very well. It was almost okay to be nil-nil in that game on 60, 70 minutes because Dortmund would have had to come out to try and get something. That then jars with what I'm saying, saying why haven't you pressed the fuck out of them in the first half <laughs> because it's completely different. But 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 perhaps in-game about 30, 40 minutes when it was obvious Dortmund were kind of dominating midfield a little bit and able to create space on the ball better than we were. Um just, I just, it was just such a disappointing goal. It kind of stuck the life out of the stadium almost, and it wasn't a great atmosphere before that. Being blunt, for the reasons Charlotte talked about earlier in the show, uh, any standout players around the table before we finish? I thought Anthony Gordon actually again was probably our most likely outlet, but that links to sort of what I think is a, a disappointing point, which was quite often tonight the man in possession, and it often was Gordon didn't feel like had an awful lot of support. There were plenty of times in the first half it was actually Almiron had a lot of the ball, did a lot of the, the pressing himself, and it didn't feel like he had that many men close to him. Um, so Almiron and Gordon, I think, offered 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 a bit of a threat, as did, as did Wilson, but it, it very rarely felt like there was a lot of cohesion to it. It tended to be, you know, one, one of them on the attack, one of them posing a threat rather than all of us attacking in waves. So... You know, individually, I think there were a number of sort of isolated spells of good performance, but it never really coalesced around anything sort of coherent. So 
Gordon, for me, again, probably our most likely on the night, but ultimately, I don't think anybody you could say was better than maybe a seven. Maybe Fabian Cher. Man, I would probably give Fabian Cher an eight. Yeah, the one of the things about Cher that we didn't see tonight is we didn't see loads of them on the ball, and that's because Dortmund shot it. Right. You know, they shut, they shut those options down for us, playing out from the back, building from the back. From the 70th minute onward, it was a lot easier because they sat in a lot more. But ultimately, they sat in, and despite the chances we've talked about, we didn't create loads. Um, Norman, thoughts, best player? Anyone impressed? I agree with Charlotte Lanchier. Definitely, I thought he was sensational. Um, in, in terms of his defending, Kieran Trippier was, was magnificent, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And it, it, the energy levels a man has are just outstanding. You know, you're looking at a person who is constantly going to the other side of the pitch to take corners. For example, yeah. um, Dortmund had a break in the first half where... I think they put the ball in the side net, perhaps, and it, the, the speed that he got across the box to to put the playoff was was unbelievable. That was at nil nil. Um, but I also thought Nick Pope was really good. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking about Kieran Trippier. I also think Kieran Trippier gets clattered absolutely loads. It's not just the running from end to end, doing taking corners. You know, he gets absolutely clattered. And and I was thinking about it because he he had a, a moment in the second half where he sort of got a. Um, a foot to the calf or shin or something, and um, and he and he was sort of a little, you know, walks it off, walks it off. But I was just thinking, like, it literally only t- takes a broken bone for this man not to be playing football. Like he can he can walk off and shake off so much. He's just like a lot of players just bounce off him. He's, he he just he takes he takes a lot. He's, he must be tired. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree on Trippier, and I think that the more desperate Newcastle got to try and get back into the game the later and on the more it was just kind of give the ball to Trippier and go from there particularly at the back when it was hard to get the ball to midfield it was just even if Trippier had one or two men on him I'd give it the ball to Kieran you'll make something happen you'll stick the ball through their legs you'll create an opportunity I know him and Tonali linked up really well uh, second half but ultimately it wasn't to be I think we'll leave the show there for today thanks very much to, to you three for joining me thanks to everyone who's listened uh, come and join us on Patreon. We'd love to have you along. I'm sure Newcastle will bounce back against Wolves and come and listen to us preview that one and build up to the game at 5.30 on Saturday night. The next one of these podcasts will be immediately after that Wolves game. We'll speak to you all then. Bye-bye. <laughs>